Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What is not okay about having a bunch of customers in here buying drinks from your bar? I've not gotten a single text message. I didn't come to you and kiss your ring? No. This is about you. I talked to Lisa. Does Lisa make the schedule here? Does she? Lisa owns most of this bar. I I did a walkthrough with Schwartz while you were at a boys night. No, no, no. How dare you come in here right now and do this? How dare you? How dare you? You selfish, egotistical piece of s***. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I loved this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules. I thought it was thrilling. That fight between Stasi and Sandoval was so exciting to me. Although I was yelling at my TV screen, the moment I found out that Thomas sent a text message at 2 a.m., I thought, what are you doing, Thomas? Why are you sending a text message at 2 a.m.? No good comes of that. You should never, if you're out there listening and you are thinking about sending a text, never do it in the middle of the night. 2 a.m. is too late. You stop yourself from texting at 11.30 p.m., maybe even before then. Put your phone down at maybe 10.30, 11, uh, and you do not text anyone. No good to come of it, especially if you're out drinking with someone named DJ James Kennedy. <laughs> if you're out drinking with someone who calls themselves the white Kanye, you don't text anyone because you're going to be sending the wrong text. It was revealed that Sandoval was out uh, partying with DJ James Kennedy. It's not about the pasta! And uh, he should have never sent that text to Stasi. I was yelling through the TV screen. But I did find it exciting on the show, which was, which was great. Uh, this week's episode I just thought was good. And you know what's interesting, you guys? I put my monocle and detective hat on. Because I was thinking, over the past week, it was revealed that Max and Brett, two of the new guys, there's like two Bretts, but the other Brett, <laughs> the Brett that we learned about, you guys, the, the casting on this show, what's going on? I mean, everyone looks alike. The new people all look the same to me. I don't know what it is, but they all look exactly the same. And they're all named the same thing. There's like Bretts and uh, too many Bretts. But anyway, the Brett that we were introduced to a couple weeks ago, him and Max, the manager of TomTom, Tom, it was revealed that they had like tweeted all of these horrific things, right? I don't know. I think we might have talked about it on the show. I don't remember. But they had tweeted all these like horrific things in the past. And it was years ago, whatever. But... Uh, everyone was wondering, like, are they going to fire them or what's going to happen? And I put my detective cap on and I noticed this week they weren't in a single confessional. And in the previous weeks, the two weeks that we've been here, the previous two weeks, we saw confessionals out of Max and Brett. In this episode, there were uh, no confessionals to be seen, not a single one. And there were even scenes that they were very prominent. There was a scene where Dana was talking to Brett and he was not in a confessional. I just thought it was interesting. And to me, that actually like makes the most sense because they already filmed the seasons. So there's no way that they could technically like fire them. The producers, how do they fire them? Because they already shot the whole season. But what they can do is not give them any confessionals. And so I'm very curious if in the upcoming weeks, they'll be in confessionals because they weren't in any this week. And it didn't get past me. I, I saw that. I clocked it. <laughs> I was like, where's their confessional? Anyway, uh, let's talk. Let's get back to the beginning. Let's go back, back to the beginning. Like, wasn't that a Hillary Duff song? Let's go back. <laughs> you guys, for the past like five days, I've had that Sarah McLaughlin song stuck in my head. You remember? I will remember you. <laughs> 
I know I have a terrible voice, but I can't stop singing. It's the most depressing song, and it just runs through my head every waking minute of my life, and it won't go away. And I don't know, I, I, I looked in online, there's ways that you can get a song out of your head. I've tried them all. I've tried them all, and it's just replaying that sad Sarah McLaughlin song. Of course, I love Sarah McLaughlin, Queen Icon Legend, but I don't need that sad song, just that ditty playing in my head. My God. Um, anyway, where were we? We open this week on Vanderpump Rules with Stasi at home with Bo. We see Stasi's mom, Dana, another Dana, and both of them spell their names that weird way, don't they? Stasi's mom, Dana, and then the new Dana on Vanderpump Rules. They're spelling their names willy nilly. There's just Y's everywhere and A's. Uh, A's are just showing up out of nowhere in their names, and I can't figure it out. But uh, Dana, Stassi's mom, is there with Nikolai, of course, Stassi's brother. They always trot out Nikolai once a season. They trot him out to give some uh, funny quips or some advice to Stassi. And look, he's a grown-ass man at this point. I'm uh, half convinced he's going to be getting a bussing job at Sur. Uh, it's only a matter of time before Nikolai's working there. That's what I'm saying. And he seems to be growing up well and adjusted. Uh, Dana, Stassi's mom, has seemingly made up with Stassi. It's interesting how this show has seemingly shifted into very much like a Stassi-led show. And maybe, I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe it was just this week that she was so prominent. But of course, she also has that uh, digital series. I forget what it's called. Basically, Stassi, I think it's called, which is a great title, you guys. I mean, that's a great title. But uh, it seems like she's sort of become, in a weird way, the star of the show. But I was getting upset this week because I was thinking about it. And Sheena, of course, our Shishi, she has been portrayed as just this dick-crazy, desperate woman on the show. And for seasons and seasons and seasons. And I do think that's maybe part of her personality, of course. And it's been so funny. I mean, in the past, remember when she went on that date with The Bachelor? We see all this funny, <laughs> these funny scenes where they really shade the shit out of Sheena Shea. They shade the shit out of Sheena Shea. And they seemingly have no remorse. And it seems like it's never stopping. And now we're eight seasons in and it's starting to be like, okay, like, let's loosen up on Shishi. Uh, it's enough is enough. We've humiliated her every scene she's been in. Like, it seems like they're humiliating her every single scene. And I'm not finding it as funny anymore. Anyway, so I was thinking about how Stasi, she's portrayed to us as this wonderful businesswoman, a successful author, which are all wonderful things, not to take any of that away from her. But then she, <laughs> I was, I think I had said this on Twitter. It's like Stasi's portrayed as like the next Jeff Bezos. And then Sheena is portrayed as just this dick crazy young woman. And I just feel like maybe we should, portray Sheena as some other shades of who she is. Uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't show her being thirsty for guys or getting guys Apple Watches. She mentioned a hundred times this episode that she got that Max and Apple Watch. She said it. I, I wish they would edit together all the time she has mentioned that Apple Watch because she has really mentioned it a million fucking times. Uh, but I would just maybe hope that in the future we could see other sh sides of Sheena. Maybe we could see her doing things. Sheena's got a podcast that's been going on for years, right? That's been going up, I don't know, a year or two. It's been a while now that Sheena's had a podcast. She did that sex tips show in Vegas for a while. She's done a lot of other things. And I just, I just hope that we see other shades of that. Uh, anyway, justice for Sheena is what I'm saying. <laughs> My point is justice for Sheena. Hashtag justice for Shishi. Uh, anyway, so it's revealed that Stasi and her mom have made up. 
they were on the outs last season, which that was an episode. Do you guys remember last season when they, uh, all the women went out with the moms and remember Stassi's mom was like so obsessed with Kristen. and was like, I wish my daughter was more like you. Ah, that was an episode. That was an episode. Uh, anyway, Dana and Stassi have made up. Stassi's going to be doing a book signing at Tom Tom later in the episode. She reveals, and it's like the end of her book signing. Um, so then we cut to the other Dana, the Dana that works at Sir, and Charlie, one of the new girls. Charlie has said she has never had pasta in her life, and that shook me to my core. As an Italian man, I thought, what do you mean you've never had pasta? She said, I have a theory that pasta is the reason everyone gains weight. And it's like, no shit, Charlie. No fucking shit. <laughs> it was like she said it like she was giving us some dieting advice or something. It's like everybody knows if you eat pasta, you gain weight. Like, it's not a secret. <laughs> she, like, she, she was the only one who ever thought of that. It's not about the pasta! Like, no shit, Charlie. Is that her name, Charlie? Chuck? What are we calling her? Chuck? Chucky? <laughs> I don't know. She seems really cute. She's pretty. Uh, but I can't keep them all straight. Danica showed up. And I'm like, who are all these people? We got a Danica, a Dana, a Charlie. I- I'm getting a little confused. And uh, forgive me in this recap if I mix up the names, because I can't keep track of all of them yet. They None of them made a big enough impression on me that I'll get their names. I guess sort of Dana. I, I can understand Dana because she's the blonde. Uh, the other brunettes, though, I get mixed up. Um, Dana did in her confessional also do like a robot move. Did you guys catch that? She, <laughs> she's like a weird robot thing. And it really gave me, it honestly gave me chills. When I saw her do the robot, I thought, what's happening here? <laughs> it was just a, a bit of a shock to my system. And I'm not sure if I was shocked because it was so cringy or because I was laughing. I don't know what it was. I just saw her do the robot in the confessional and it was like the hairs on my arms stood up. And thought, how did we get here? I don't know how I got here. Uh, but we're here. We're here now. We've been with these people eight seasons, and all of a sudden you're watching the show, and one of the uh, waiters does a robot in a confessional, and you think, what? When did we get here? All the, where did all those years go? You know, when you look at your life, <laughs> you, think, you think, where did those years go? And that's what happened when I saw Dana do that robot in the confessional. I thought, well, my, my life flashed before my eyes. And I thought, am I wasting my time here? What am I, what am I doing? Have I wasted too many hours watching these waiters? Uh, ultimately, I decided I have not. And I'm going to continue watching these waiters, um, whether I like it or not. Uh, anyway, Danica also has confessionals. Danica, another one of the new people. She talks a little bit more about this guy, Brett, who's one of the bartenders there, who had asked her on a shift to have a threesome. And that was when she pushed him and got put on the break. Uh, by Lisa. Lisa said you're on hiatus. But I wondered, Lisa said she wasn't, uh, she was suspended or whatever, but then she was there serving. She's like picking up shifts. So I got a little confused and maybe I just missed something. My, actually, while I was watching this episode, my internet was cutting out. And so I was having a little bit of a trouble. Um, but I was a little confused. It's like, why is she picking up shifts or is she suspended or is she not? I don't know. Um, but Sheena arrived and right when Sheena sat down, Dana like walked away. And here's the thing with the Sheena Dana feud. I don't buy it like not even a second. I do believe that Sheena was maybe like screwing or hooking up with that Max, that dirt ball. Um, but I don't believe that Sheena and Dana ever have had any sort of conflict with each other. I feel like it's all made up for the show and it's not believable to me at all. I, every time I see like this thing where it's like they're Sheena's hazing Dana and then Sheena's jealous and then Dana's mad at Sheena or something, I'm like, this is all, it feels like bullshit to me. I don't know. I don't know that to be true. I just, that's how I feel when I watch it. It doesn't feel real to me. 
Uh, and a lot of it, you know, that's, uh, of course, the complaint with the show in general lately. It's like things feel too stagey or too set up. And we don't like that. We need the real stuff. I don't like when I see a scene on the show and I think like, oh, this is made up. This is made up. I don't like that. Anyway, then we cut to uh, the guys are all chatting. Uh, they do like a little guy's time at Tom Tom. Uh, they talk about cuddling. <laughs> I think it was Bo was like, do you guys like to cuddle? And then Sandoval or someone was like, I like to be the little spoon. And it was just making me laugh. Uh, then Sheena showed up and Sheena pulled Max aside. She said to the other guys, Hey, can you leave us alone? And Sheena tells Max that he needs to respect her. And I was like cheering for her through the TV. And then Sheena read text messages that Max had sent her. And he turned white as a ghost. Like he was in shock. And he literally, you could tell he was so embarrassed that he was called out by Shishi. And I was so proud of her. The text that he was sending, like, you're so beautiful. I love you. I'm so lucky. I found somebody who likes to cuddle and all that stuff. You guys, I loved it. I, I felt so good when Sheena just brought out the receipts to that Max. I felt so warm inside. I thought, you get him, she, she. <laughs> you go, girl. Remember when that was a thing in the 90s? You go, girl. He ain't all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> so lame. Um, I remember doing that, by the way, in like sixth grade and stuff. I remember like snapping my fingers at someone and saying like, uh, you're all that or something. <laughs> Like what a gay, like I probably look so gay, probably look so gay in like sixth grade, snapping my fingers at someone anyway, <laughs> yelling, you go girl. And I was like pre puberty. Um, anyway, I was so proud of Sheena. I was. And he, then she said to him, she's like, I actually really liked you. I bought you an Apple watch. She said it a million times at Apple watch. She mentioned that Apple Watch so many times. Apple's getting so much free promo out of this fucking season. Apple, what's the, who's the guy? Tim Cook's probably so happy. He's watching. The, you know Tim Cook is watching Vanderpump Rules. Tim Cook's a gay. You know he's got Vanderpump Rules on while he's developing the next iPad or whatever. He's watching Shishi and he's probably thinking, oh, good job, Sheena. Tim Cook, the head of Apple, is just rooting on Vanderpump Rules and specifically Sheena this season. He's probably so happy. And quite frankly, Tim Cook needs to send Shisha an Apple Watch. If that doesn't happen by the end of the season, I'll be very upset. Tim Cook, if you're listening to this podcast, please send her an Apple Watch and some merch, some goodies. She has done so much free promo. Do you know how much it costs to get uh, your product mentioned in an episode of uh, television? It's probably a lot of money. I have no idea how much it is, but I'd imagine it's a lot of money. And Sheena has said Apple Watch so many times. So Tim Cook, if you're listening, please send me and Sheena an Apple Watch. I'll take one as well uh, for all those mentions. But I think uh, good for her. Anyway, then we cut to Lisa. She's reading Stassi's book to a sleepy Ken. Ken, it's finally in the episode. I feel like this is going to be very controversial. You guys, you know how much I've talked about Ken. Goodbye, Kyle. On the show, and I've been very vocal in the past that I need Ken off the show. And then suddenly I find myself in season eight. It's been two episodes where we mostly haven't seen any of Ken. And suddenly I found myself excited to see Ken. He was sitting in that room with Lisa while she was reading a excerpt from Stassi's book. And I was so excited. I thought, oh my God, I'm, here I am excited to see Ken. I was thrilled. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was feeling nostalgic. But seeing Ken sleeping through that scene, I thought, oh, man, I felt warm and fuzzy inside. I was happy. Anyway, Lisa was sort of shading Stassi's book. 
And then she shaded Brittany because she said, Lisa said that Brittany is having the wedding in Versailles. What did she say? In Versailles, but she says Versailles. She said, Brittany says Versailles. I like to call it Versailles. And then they should have flashbacked to her, Brittany saying that. It's Versailles. We're getting married in Versailles. And <laughs> Lisa said it was dumb and I liked it. Uh, we also got a glimpse of Lisa like exiting the house and she was doing Lisa's costuming this uh, this season it's like she's an extra in the greatest showman or something it's like she's doing a lot of necktie work she's wearing neckties like she's an 80s stand-up female comedian she's doing so many neckties or, or Avril Lavigne in the early aughts uh, Diane Keaton uh, she's doing all sorts of necktie work and I respect it because now in my head I'm thinking females in neckties. I'm thinking Diane Keaton, Avril Lavigne, Lisa Vanderpump. She's branding. Um, but it's a lot. And each of the neckties has like some bedazzling on it. It's like she put a, she got a, a bedazzler and just started bedazzling neckties before the season. Uh, you know, I, I know she had a little bit more time on her hands because she wasn't filming Real House of Beverly Hills. And I feel like she spent that getting the bedazzler for the neckties. And I'm not mad at it because I like it. Every time I see it, I think, oh, that, that necktie, I have never seen one like that. I wish I could buy a necktie that has some sort of, I don't know, she, maybe some of them are pins or something. But there's a lot of bling on those neckties. Maybe a brooch something like that they put on the neckties but it seems like there's a lot happening on the neckties so not only is she doing like necktie work she's also doing like stuff on the necktie work uh, accessorizing necktie work Uh, it's a lot happening it's a lot for the eyes Uh, but also in that scene where she's like leaving there was a hat that was very interesting to me and we couldn't get a close-up of it i was upset because it seemed like maybe there were something coming off the hat Uh, she definitely looks like she's going to some sort of circus and maybe ringleading and I'm not mad at that. I just, uh, it seems like she's doing some interesting costuming. I'll say that. Then we cut to Stasi's house. So Stasi's waking up, right? She's waking up with Bo, and she reveals that she woke up to this text from Tom Sandoval at 2 a.m. And I just want to say, like, why <laughs> this felt stagey to me. Because why were the camera people there in the morning at Stassi's house? We never filmed these people waking up, but we just happened to be there when she was getting like this text at, from Tom in the morning. And so that just felt like fake to me. And I would imagine, I don't know this to be true. I have no basis of this, but I feel like she got this text and she told producers and then producers like, okay, we got to get a scene about that. And so they filmed it another day. But that's the kind of thing on my reality show that I just think, ugh, it felt fake, didn't it? Why, otherwise, why were the uh, filmmakers there? <laughs> filmmakers. Why was the documentary crew there at Stasi's house in the morning when she woke up? Because we're never there in the morning. Suddenly we're there when this big storyline hits. Uh, but I was so mad at Tom for sending, why didn't anyone stop him? You know, it was revealed that Stasi said that Tom was out with James Kennedy. And you know, DJ James Kennedy was just so encouraging of sending that text to Stassi. You just know it. And I would have loved to see that scene. That's the scene I want recreated. I want to see James being like, send it, Tom. <laughs> I can't do a, a James impression, but uh, I wish that we had that scene. And I miss James. I miss him. I said it. There I said it. We don't say that, but now we said it. I miss DJ James Kennedy. I miss my Raquel. Where's Raquel? Where is she? Huh? I need some Raquel. I need some DJ James Kennedy. I miss them terribly. We're getting too much of these new people and not enough Raquel. (sighs) 
anyway, uh, so Stasi says that he sent this text, which was so awful. He said, I will literally kick you the fuck out of Tom Tom. I thought, Tom, what an awful thing to text in the middle of the night. Also, it's very into Stasi's pajamas. I've been looking for a pajama set. I have been scourging the internet for a proper pajama set because I had one and I just need, I need like a new pajama set. You know, I want the, the matching pants in the top, a male set, but I'm looking for one and I can't seem to find anything. It's very hard. I have very long legs. I'm, I'm tall. I'm six three. And so it's hard for me to find a pajama set that fits because either the pants are too long and the, the top is too big or it's all too, it's like nothing fits me properly when it comes to a set. Anyway, I was checking out Stasi's and I was like, it looks so cozy. Was it silk? She had silk all over that bed, silk or satin. She, it looked very cozy in Stasi's bed. I love this silk, but the, particularly the pajama set, which was something else that tipped me off that I thought, okay, this is stage scene because Stasi's pajamas look too cute, didn't they? Maybe she wears them all the time. Speaking of, do you remember in the Sex in the City movie when Carrie would go bed, uh, go to bed with Big, and she was wearing like that pearl necklace, like that really long pearl necklace? Every time I watch that, I think it's so adorable. It's such a cute look, and it fits the movie. But in real life, no one would really wear like a necklace like that to bed, right? She's in her pajamas and she's just wearing this like long accessory. But I love it for the movie. But I can't help myself but thinking every time I see that scene in the Sex and the City movie, I think, what are we doing? What are we doing? But I like it. I'm into the looks. By the way, just to go back to the Sex and the City movies for a second, what I love about those movies is every scene, there's like a new look. So it's like, even if you're not into the plot, it's so fun to just watch the clothing in the uh, that movie. And so that's why we need a Sex and the City 3. But that's neither here nor there. The point is... Uh, uh, Sandoval sent this text to Stasi. Stasi says, Tom and I have never got along. He's never liked me. Uh, but apparently they've always sort of had this like low key feud. And I find it so fascinating. And I want to see more of it. I, like, I thought this was a thrilling feud for the show. Like, show me more. Uh, then we cut to Sheena trying on new sir dresses. She said, I want the length to be borderline my ass hanging out. She <laughs> uh. Anyway, I think they were at Sheena's house and Danica came over and Charlie came over and then Sheena's friend Janet was over and it was, uh, I was very overwhelmed. It was like a lot of new women, uh, which I like for the show. I like the idea of having more women on the show, but I am being introduced to people at such a rapid rate at this point that I cannot keep up. I don't know that anyone could keep up. It's too many new faces in front of our eyes and they all look like there's not a drip of diversity in here. We have not a drip, not a drop of diversity. I, I haven't seen one woman of color. There's a hundred new people entering the cast. Not one person of color, though. Not not a one. I like, that would make things easier for us to keep track of all these people. If maybe they could hire some. I mean, let's get with the times. Uh, we're being introduced to so many new people, um, but it doesn't seem like any of them. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Of course, their background of these new people. So maybe I'm wrong, but. I would love it if we could hire at least um, a few people of color, if we're going to be just throwing people willy-nilly at the screen who seemingly have very little connection to the OG cast. Then at the very least, I feel like we could throw in some people of color or some more LGBT, I I don't know, spitball in here. But uh, they're all getting these dresses ready. Her friend Janet was like sewing, and then they were talking about this Brett guy, not the Brett 
that we've come to know, but like this other Brett who's a bartender that wanted the threesome that got pushed. Apparently he's got a big, big D that was revealed. And then, uh, I would like to know more about this Brett. I wish he would have joined the cast because here's the thing. This other Brett who wanted the threesome, he seems so far from what we know about him relatively innocent, right? Like definitely a dirtball asking for the threesome in the middle of the workday. But by for all intents and purposes, it seems like not as bad as some of the other people were presented with. And this Brett's got a big D, and he seems attractive. So if we're going to have to have some new men on this show, I would just maybe recommend we have someone like him instead of the other Brett or the other Max. Um, but anyway, they talk a little bit more about how Sheena had given him the Apple Watch again. And then she talks about how she gave Adam that penguin, which a detail, you guys. That whole Adam situation ended last season so abruptly. It was like the whole finale. Remember when Sheena was crying in Mamaw's arms? That ended, and now no more Adam. It was like we moved on so quickly. So quickly. Then we cut to uh, Natalie with Dana and Brett. The other Brett now. We're with uh, Brett, who's in the cast officially. And Dana, and then the Sir Manager, or Sir Owner, Natalie. Natalie gives them the employee handbook, which I need a copy of. I'd like to see what it says in there. I want to know what's in that handbook. If anyone has access to it, please let me know. I'll give you my P.O. box number or email address. I would like it. I would. So then uh, Brett and Dana talk about Sheena. And this is another time where I noticed that Brett didn't get a confessional. They obviously cut him out. And I think it was a smart move. But they would have had a confessional there. Because they were talking about his relationship with Sheena. And they had a confessional with Dana, but not Brett. Then we cut to the Tom Tom book signing. Stasi walks in. There's a whole crowd of people over there. Stasi says, I have the best fans. Uh, and it's revealed that Tom Sandoval was bitten by a spider and he had to go to the ER. And then that is when we get what Vanderpump Rules does quite a bit, which is some creative editing. So Stasi talks about Sandoval being a superhero and then they show us superhero graphics. And Stasi tells this whole story about Tom Sandoval and James Kennedy going out and getting bit by the spider and then becoming a Sandy man, she calls him. And quite frankly, I would like a Vanderpump Rules comic book. I would read it. I like comic books. I read comic books. I would enjoy a Vanderpump Rules comic book. And now that's all I can think about. And look, sometimes these things that Vanderpump Rules does with the editing, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. This one I thought really worked. You remember they did it last season where they did like that 80s uh, sitcom opening. Uh, then they also did that fear FOMO infomercial a couple seasons back. When you have a severe case of FOMO, it can cause an insatiable longing to be everywhere with everyone having all the fun. Do you go on skinny dipping? No, but I am going to go down to the beach. Will you tell me what it's like? Alienation. Disappointment. Anxiety. The fear of missing out. Tequila can help. Tequila is a medication used to treat FOMO and ease symptoms. However, tequila is not for everyone. Tequila side effects may include memory loss, broken cell phones, stumbling, crying, getting horrible tattoos, embarrassing dance moves, regretful makeouts, blacking out, and full-blown meltdowns. Ask your bartender if tequila is right for you. FOMO hurts, but tequila can help. So they do get really creative on here. And I like that. I like the idea that we have these editors, these producers in the editing bay doing some fun stuff. I get like really, I feel like a warmth when, when I think about it because they would need to be creative too. And I like the fact that they get to be creative and that Bravo allows them to be creative. It just makes me happy. 
makes me happy. Anyway, then uh, the cast all arrives. Brittany and Jax arrive. They talk a little bit about the upcoming bachelor party in Miami, bachelor, bachelorette party. Brittany says he's allowed to get strippers and whatever he wants because he's never going to see a stripper again. You guys, did anyone hear Jax on the podcast called The Daily Dish? It's Bravo's podcast. Uh, the hosts are wonderful, Eric and Meg. They have a podcast where they interview a lot of Bravo celebrities. They talk about Bravo. If you get a chance, listen to the interview that Jax did. I think it was last week. He was very aggressive against specifically Ariana and Tom. Like, I was shocked hearing him talk about it. It was like, they seemingly hate each other now. And I guess we're going to watch it play out. But Jax went in hard on them. Like, he went in so hard on them. And he was just saying, like... Their relationship isn't real. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was shocking to me. I'm not normally shocked by what these people say, but I just happened to listen to it, and I was very surprised. Very, very surprised. Anyway, it's called The Daily Dish, Bravo's Daily Dish. Anyway, then, uh, yeah, they talk a little bit about this Bachelor Bachelorette party in Miami. Here's the thing. We have so many cast members. When we go through the episode, we're moving so quickly, like, we have so many cast members in this show right now. It's even challenging to recap because I feel like every two seconds we're going to a new scene with brand new people. Uh, and the connection between all of them is tough. I'm finding it a little bit difficult. Remember when we started this show, there was five of them or something. It was a very small cast. Schwartz wasn't even in the main cast the first season. Neither was Ariana. We had uh, Jax, Stasi, Sandoval, Kristen, and Katie. Am I forgetting anyone? Oh, and Sheena, six. That was season one, or five. I, did I say Katie twice? I don't know. Uh, but we had a small cast, and now we're such a large cast. It's, I think, 19 people. I'm finding it hard both to recap and follow. Just too many people. And it's like we're introduced to these little bite-sized storylines about like the strippers with Jackson and Brittany, and then we move on so quickly because we got to move to the next thing. Anyway, Stasi gathers everyone around. Uh, she reads an excerpt from the book about the witches of WeHo. Kristen was there. So it seems like still Kristen on the show is still on the ins with Katie and Stasi. Uh, also, Dana, uh, Stasi's mom, is there. And I wish she had a confessional. I want Dana, to, uh, Dana Schroeder to get a confessional. I want more of her. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Then Ariana and Tom arrive, and I was so excited to see this feud play out because I felt like it was building up to this. And I looked at the clock because normally when they're about to get to the feud, it's like there's two minutes left, and we always think they're going to do the to be continued. But I looked at the clock, and there was still like 15 minutes left, and that's when I get the boost of endorphins. That's when the serotonin levels rise, and I get very excited because I know that we have something juicy coming, and we're not going to cut to commercial. We had like 15 minutes left. I was so excited. So, so excited. Anyway, Sandoval comes in and he says that something happened with the bartenders, like they canceled or something. And so they had to throw randos behind the bar and some of them couldn't work 12 hour shifts. And then Schwartz says to Sandoval, you're an echo chamber of negativity, an echo chamber of negativity. Sometimes every once in a while, Schwartz throws out these like SAT words and you're like, what? And he did it with the echo chamber. And I was surprised. He did something last season, too, that I didn't even know the definition of. And I, I thought it was like a word he made up or something. And it was like a real thing. Um, so every once in a while, Schwartz, I feel like Schwartz probably has one of those word of the day calendars. Gets goes to his email or something, or maybe one of those pull-off ones where it's like every day they give you a new SAT word, which I need to invest in one of those, quite frankly. But I feel like he's got one of those. Uh, but he says, you're a chamber of negativity. And then Katie gets involved. Katie Maloney. Katie uh, Maloney Schwartz gets involved. And she says, you can't handle the tension she gets because you're jealous. And then Tom, in his confessional, he says, they have known me for years. So for them to say this is truly shocking because they know my biggest fear is coming across as jealous. Which I'm like, what a strange like number one fear, right? Like I have a num- my number one fear is rats. I hate rats. I would rather be face to face with a grizzly bear than with a rat. Which I don't mean to take this tangent right now, but I don't know if you guys saw the documentary on Netflix about Betty White. Of course, Queen Icon Legend Betty White. She has this documentary on Netflix that's fantastic. It was from a couple years ago. But at the very end, she's feeding a grizzly bear. And I've never felt so warm-hearted than when I saw Betty White just feeding a grizzly bear. She's not scared. The grizzly bear and her are besties. It was truly a shock shock to see uh, that somebody could be so close to a grizzly bear. And just seeing like a big-ass bear next to Betty White. And they're just enjoying the time. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I would rather be face-to-face with a grizzly bear than a rat. And so, uh, you know, that's my biggest fear. So it's interesting that Tom's biggest fear is to come across as jealous. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
And then Katie keeps yelling at him and Tom goes, Katie, get away, grab some wine or something. And kind of like shoes her away. And that's when Stasi arrives. And Stasi says that whole speech, how dare you, selfish piece of shit, egotistical. She says, you're just sad this isn't about you. Ah, you guys, they had chills. And I kind of understood, look, I felt like I understood both sides. Because I think there was more to the story about like what was going on behind the scenes at Tom Tom than what we were led to believe. Uh, and Stasi probably shouldn't have yelled at him like that. But also Tom, like, why was he sending him her that text in the middle of the night? And it wasn't just like a text that said, oh, we lost bartenders for your night. It was like, I'll kick you the fuck out. <laughs> oh, never send a text in the middle of the night. But then Stasi yelling at him. And I felt like Stasi sort of wanted that moment at the book. I think they said it later on in the episode. It was like Stasi wanted that moment to yell in front of all of her guests. And thank God she did because it was great TV. Bravo to that. Somebody needs to step up and yell at each other on this show. That's what we need. I'm just realizing now, actually, that there was no Lala this episode either. I'm very curious about the financial situation on this show. Because with all these cast members, so many of them are going without being seen in an episode. We saw no Lala. We saw no James, no Raquel. We saw very little Brittany and Jax. And I wonder if they're getting paid per episode or do they just get a season-long fee? And if so, was it planned? I think we talked... I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, but was it planned ahead of time that each cast member would only be in uh, 80% of the episodes. Like there had to have been something happening financially behind the scenes. Like people either had to have gotten cuts or something had to have happened because they wouldn't give everyone a full salary and then not use them for every episode. Right. That's what I would guess. I don't know the finance of the show. That's just what I would guess. And like Lala was not even an extra in this episode. James appeared without any lines. He was just sort of in the, background of that cell phone footage of tom sandoval but it, we, no raquel no lala Kristen was very briefly we have too many people we need to get some of them off the fucking cast we need half of them to, we need two shows or we need to fire some people something needs to happen because there's too many fucking people on here excuse me i just lost it i snapped i snapped uh, anyway then uh stassi and tom fight and then Stasi goes and she goes to the bathroom and Bo and Katie follow her there. And then Sandoval and Schwartz talk. And Sandoval says that Schwartz doesn't know how to work the computer system. And meanwhile, he's got this big ass spider bite. <laughs> I know why it's so funny to me, but like, what if in like a, <laughs> I would really like it if Tom Sandoval just turned into Spider-Man, like in a future episode, he just turns into Spider-Man and that would be a good shift for the show. Like if he just went full Spider-Man, I would be into it. Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting that Sandoval was seeming to say some things about Schwartz, like not knowing how to like work the restaurant, like the computer system stuff and the bartending. I don't know. That was interesting to me. It was interesting. Then Sandoval leaves and uh, Schwartz said that he went full Denzel in training day, which just made me laugh. Uh, Then we cut to Dana and Sheena. They're at Sir. They're talking by the dump. Of course, the infamous dump. We haven't had a lot of dump time on the show either this season. With this full cast, we haven't had a whole lot of time by that Sir Dump, which is upsetting. Anyway, Dana says that Sheena was just another notch in Max's bed post, and she's kind of like with him more seriously. And Sheena gives her advice. She says, guard your heart and your vagina. 
Guard your heart and your vagina. And that was great advice. But I still don't buy any of the situation between Sheena and Dana. I thought it was all made up for the show. And maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I'll die on that hill. Then we cut to Tom and Katie at their home. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Tom Schwartz's Instagram, it seemed like he was painting a new Bubba picture. So do you remember at their old house, they had that Bubba photo where it was just like all different sort of fonts in uh, markers and crayons and paint that said Bubba. And on Tom Schwartz's Instagram story, it looked like he was making a new Bubba sign. And so, uh, I don't know. What's old is new again, right? Or it's all, everything's full circle. So we're getting a new Bubba sign. I'm curious to see if they'll hang it in their home. Where is it going to be? Anyway, everyone is mad at Sandoval. And Schwartz says, we're supposed to go to Miami. I want to be talking about uh, what we're drinking in Miami I don't, and what boobs we're putting in Jax's face. I don't want to be worrying about Sandoval. Then we cut to LVP's house and we see a phone call. Tom Sandoval called Ken. Goodbye, Kyle. And we hear Ken say, I would have had her removed if she was screaming at me. And Stassi was screaming at at Tom. There's no doubt about that. But it was like this interesting moment because Ken was miked, but we didn't hear Tom Sandoval on the phone. And we also only saw Ken from like a very long distance. It seemed like they were filming Lisa. And then Tom just happened to get a call from Sandoval. So it was interesting to me. It felt like it just sort of naturally happened. But I'm very curious to hear what Ken and Lisa will have to say about Sandoval Stasi's situation when they know all the details. Because right now, all they know is that Stasi yelled at Tom, but they don't know about the text messages, the rage texts. So I'm very curious. I'm very curious. And Lisa again was wearing a necktie. I don't remember if it was in her professional or in the scene, but she's wearing that necktie. Then we cut to Sandoval. Uh, Schwartz comes over to his house and Schwartz brings a chair because it's revealed that they don't have any furniture, which they've talked about on the show before. But here's the thing. Apparently, uh, Schwartz and Katie, they had bought all the furniture at their house. So like the house they bought, they bought with the furniture included. And so Sandoval and Ariana said they didn't want the furniture. They wanted to get their own furniture, which I think, I think it's fine. Like I'm not mad at that at all. Like get the furniture you want. Sandoval said that, get the furniture you want. And uh, I, I don't know if I could do that where I moved into a place and just used all the furniture they had. Even if it was all brand new, it would still, it's not your personality, right? It's like, I don't know, maybe if it was really nice. But I was on Sandoval and Ariana's side with this one. I thought I would want to pick out my own furniture. And yeah, let them bring over a chair. Anyway, uh, Schwartz brought over a chair. And then uh, Schwartz says that Sandoval would rather kick Stasi out than have to serve her a drink. And I thought this was interesting. And here's the thing with the show. As the show goes on and as certain people get success and other people, I think it's going to be an interesting shade for this show that I'm very excited about. And Stassi has seemingly been the breakout star of this show. And that's not to say that the rest of them haven't had successes. Uh, but I'm so curious. I wonder behind the scenes, like what? I don't know. I wonder how they all feel about every. Uh, I wonder about the power dynamics. For the record, I actually don't think Tom Sandoval is at all jealous of Stasi. And I know Tom, and I, I just don't believe that, but maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's that they hate each other. I think they deep, deep down, they hate each other. Sandoval and Stasi do not like each other. I don't think they've ever gotten along. 
Uh, and that's that's interesting to me. And I want more of it. I want to see them in a sit-down scene. And I hope we will get a sit-down scene between Stasi and Sandoval where they talk it out or yell at each other. I, this is a feud that just, I feel like, reignited my love for the show, and I'm into it. Also, it was funny, they did a split screen of Stasi yelling, how dare you? Oh, it made me laugh. It was like a season one Stasi in Vegas, and then it was current Stasi. just, how dare you? Oh, I love it. I love it. Sandoval says Stasi's going to be banned from TomTom. It's going to be banned. Whoo! It was good. I thought th- this was a good episode. A good episode. I liked it. Uh, next time they're in Miami, and they have the bachelor bachelorette party, and we see in the preview for next week, all the women are dressed in those brides or in the wedding dresses, and they're at a club, and somebody has a sign that says, Don't do it, Brittany. <gasps> Which, you guys, someone just showed up to Brittany's bachelorette party with a sign that said, Don't do it, Brittany. And quite honestly, that person's a hero because <laughs> she just, Brittany should have listened to that sign, I think. Uh, but somebody showed up and said, Don't do it, Brittany. Get out, Brittany. Get out. Oh, I'm so excited to watch that play out. So that was the episode. No Raquel. Uh, that was the biggest devastation to me. And then here's the thing with this big cast. All that storyline for the last two weeks about Carter and Kristen is just dropped because we have no time to get to it. We have too many people. I don't know, you guys. This sh- this can't- I'm tired of harping on. I've harped on it too much. Anyway, that's the episode. I want to say, uh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And please, if you want to come to the show, the live Everything Iconic shows are almost entirely sold out. So there's just very few tickets left for San Francisco, for Dallas, and for Chicago. So if you're in one of those cities or near one of those cities and you want to get a ticket, get a ticket now because they're almost completely gone. If you want one of those tickets, go to everythingiconic.com. At the top of the page, there's a a link that says live shows. You can click there for all of the ticket links. Uh, there's just a handful for just those three cities. The other cities are already completely sold out. I'm so super excited uh, for these live shows. And I'm so uh, grateful that you guys got some tickets. So uh, if you want to get one of those, do that. Uh, what else? Uh, please, uh, if you want to support the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Click become a patron. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. Just doing one a month. Uh, and this month, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I promise I will. I've been healing from this surgery. You guys, the surgery has taken way more out of me than I ever expected. I went out for the first night the other night. On Friday night, I went to the Watch What Crappens live show. So if you don't know Watch What Crappens, it's this wonderful Bravo podcast hosted by two gems, Ben and Ronnie, who I love. Anyway, every year they do an award show. And it's basically like a Bravo award show and they have some Bravo celebrities show up and they do, they have presenters and they, they give out funny Bravo awards. And I went on Friday and I wasn't sure leading up to it if I would be able to make it, but I, I felt like I, I didn't want to miss it because I've gone a few other times and it's always so much fun. And uh, I went and I, I was still in quite a bit of pain, like sitting there, um, after my surgery. Uh, but it was a really fun night, and there was uh, certain Bravo celebrities there. Bronwyn from the Real Houses Orange County was there. Uh, who else? Mercedes from Shaws of Sunset and Nima from Shaws of Sunset were there. Uh, and uh, some other podcasts, uh, Larry Marie and uh, Carrie from Sex Unique Podcast and Two Judgy Girls and all sorts of fun people. Um, but it was my first time out, and I was just – I was – it was tough. Um, this surgery has taken so much out of me and it's been such a slow, 
slow healing process and uh, I'm still not quite a hundred percent and I don't mean to complain to you guys, but uh, it's been shocking and it, it's really like opened my eyes and I've talked about people who suffer from chronic illness before on the podcast. It's just, this has been another reminder people who have chronic pain who just are expected to just go on with their lives. I can't imagine that my heart goes out to any of you who are suffering from things like migraines or chronic pain because it's hard to feel like you want to do something and you can't. And I don't know. <sighs> That's it. So uh, I'll be here with a Housewives recap later this week. So check back. Uh, let's do a little cool down, one of our cheesy little cool downs to just uh, relax for a moment. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Think about your best friend. Breathe out. And just reach out to your best friend. My best friend has been in LA uh, for a couple weeks, and I got to see her, Jill. And uh, as I was healing, she stopped by and and really just kept me company. And it was so good to see her. She doesn't live in LA anymore, but it was it was nice to have her by. So just reach out to your best friend and tell him you love him. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.